This Africast is sponsored by the Dell EcoLoop Pro Backpack. The world is opening up again, and whether you're at school, work, or simply traveling, you need a backpack that stores all your tech and is comfortable. Designed by Dell, the EcoLoop Pro Backpack features a massive main compartment that houses up to a 17-inch notebook and enough storage for anything you could need. Find out more on drivecontrol.co.za. Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the Africast. My name is Brendan Lotz and thank you to Dell very much for sponsoring this edition of the Africast. Uh, joining me as always is Clinton Matos. Hello again everybody. And Robin Lichetti. Howdy. Yeah, um, usually at this point I ask how things are doing, are you excited for the weekend? But um, we just have load shedding and it's terrible and we're recording this on Wednesday just in case you... A little bit confused in case load shedding has been suspended um but we are sitting in the midst of stage six load shedding well stage four it's stage four at the moment right yeah yeah going to stage six i think at uh, this four afternoon. o'clock yeah four o'clock yeah. this afternoon until midnight and yeah that old dance not the best time in south africa but uh it could be worse especially if you're in the united states robin you've got some news about uh the historic overturning of roe v wade in the united states yeah, it uh, is a watershed moment uh, for all the wrong reasons if you are in the United States. Um, so as it currently stands, uh, after the overturning of Roe v. Wade, uh, it is essentially illegal in seven U.S. states to get an abortion now. Over the next 30 days or so, there are going to be steps being taken by other states in the U.S. to make it illegal as well. And yeah, the Supreme Court that voted on this after uh, uh, I guess a draft decision was leaked a couple of months ago, um, have kind of pulled the trigger on this uh, decision. And now it's very much a case of people trying to figure out what's going to happen in the wake of what is essentially an infringement on basic human rights. And uh, we're not going to try and focus too much on the, the legalities of this purely because we are not in the US and we don't necessarily have the under- full understanding of that. But what is happening at the moment is that the Democratic Democratic Party are looking to try and assist uh, women as far as healthcare and reproductive health apps are concerned. Um, They're looking to create safeguards and put together some form of legislation to ensure that the data that is shared on these uh, platforms, uh, people might know the Flow app is a pretty popular one as far as period tracking is concerned. Um, they're looking to put, uh, put in some protections in place to ensure that privacy uh, is taken care of. Um, and the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, kind of outlined her thoughts in a letter. Um, and she essentially said that uh, the follow- following the release of the draft decision, our pro-choice House Democratic majority has been hard at work preparing for the possibility of this tragic outcome. Uh, our caucus has been exploring avenues to protect the health and freedom of American women. Among them is legislation that uh, protects women's most intimate and personal data stored in reproductive health apps. Many fear that this information could be used against women by a sinister prosecutor in a state that criminalizes abortion. So that's really the focus for us here is that they are looking to build in some kind of protections. Um, And that's also going for app developers as well. So I mentioned Flow. 
when this announcement was made over the weekend, they also said that they are working on an anonymous mode for their app, um, which will essentially remove personal information from a user's account so they cannot be identified. Um, they haven't uh, outlined yet as to when this will be fully rolled out to its, I guess, community of users. They also haven't explained how, for example, if someone is on the, the premium tier of the Flow app, how they'll be able to kind of port over to the anonymous mode. But yeah. it is something they're working on. And we suspect that quite a few more uh, app developers that work on uh, female healthcare and just uh, period checking apps in general will start offering this kind of uh, this kind of feature in a bit to kind of safeguard privacy. Because um, yeah, it's uh, there's going to be a lot of fallout uh, as regards to this decision now. Yeah, I think the the privacy aspect is something that is hugely important, and if people don't understand why, um, <clears throat> I wrote a piece this week following this decision um uh where google reiterated to its employees that uh it will allow employees to relocate to a state that uh where abortion is legal and uh with no questions asked and in that piece i linked a story uh written by um what's her name gia tolentino uh from the new yorker who outlined just some of the stuff that's like some of the fears that folks have uh about um Roe v. Wade being overturned, um, just some of the, the the really dastardly things that can be done. You know, if if a woman at just Google's the word abortion and there's a problem with the, the pregnancy, she could be found guilty of a criminal offense, which is just mad. It, it's just absolutely mad. So, yeah, I hope uh, app developers like Flow really take user privacy seriously and you know, it might be time to start using things like VPNs more seriously uh, in the US. I can't believe I'm saying this. Like, you've got to hide what you're doing from the government when you're pregnant. What sort of Gilead nonsense is this? Yeah, no, definitely I... not the land of the free. Uh -huh. You know what's extremely telling about this? None of these uh, app owners have come out or the app developers and said, listen, we won't sell your data at all. They are basically taking the... Um, the stance, we're like, oh, we're still going to sell your data, but we'll uh, we'll help you anonymize it a bit, which is just absolutely insane. I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't seen a single one of these apps or these services like Google say, listen, we won't sell your data. They are just like, oh, well, we'll make it a bit more difficult for the uh, dystopian powers that be to find you, but we're still going to sell them your data. I mean, <laughs> my thing is, though, is that do you even need to sell the government this data? I mean, let's just look at uh, Prism from the NSA, right? I mean, the, every single American was being tracked by the National uh, Security Agency, um, and they didn't even know, and they were just doing it, you know? Patriot Acts was, was uh, the Patriot Act was kind of the thing that allowed that. So, I mean, I hate to be somebody who's like trying to spout conspiracy theories, but in my mind, if if the government is not already in these apps, I would be surprised. But then, why not at least just say, we're not going to sell your data, you know? If if they are so powerless, why not at least just give us that? <laughs> Maybe they can't. Maybe the government will be like, if you say that, we'll, uh, we'll shut you down. I don't know. I just, I wanted to point it out. And again, this is just three guys talking about something that we know nothing about, basically. But I do just want to say my piece there, that these, uh, I, what these people are saying is nice on the surface, but it doesn't mean anything until they say, listen, we won't sell your data. Or, you know, there, there's a canary and the canary says, we won't give your data to the government. It's all just uh, 
worthless lip service if you ask me. Yeah, let's hope that there's, I mean, I, I say that, and as the words leave my mouth, I'm already envisioning the headlines. Um, yeah, not not a cool place to be in at the moment, right? The United States. Um, yeah, land of the free or not really. Right, let's move on um, to probably less important things, I'm sure. Uh, well, this is definitely less important. So we know that Elon Musk hates remote work. Um, and this week, uh, the information uh, published an investigation uh, that spoke to some Tesla employees who returned to the office. Only the problem is that when they returned to the office, uh, there wasn't enough space for them. Uh, Tesla employees reported that there weren't enough desks um, and that they couldn't find parking spots uh, to get into the office. Those who were able to find desks were uh, kind of just kicked well, weren't able to work because the Wi-Fi was so bad. Um, so yeah, it it was a it was a really interesting development. After Musk said that uh, Tesla employees are expected to work in the office for forty hours a week, um, and then you get to the office and there are no desks. Apparently, much of the space had been repurposed uh, during the pandemic, and yeah, I mean, kind of a kind of a hilarious coincidence to happen. The man who hates working from home and says that everybody should work from the office uh, doesn't have enough space for his employees. I kind of have to wonder what's happening there at Tesla because they also this week announced a whole bunch of layoffs on their, uh, their automated uh, autonomous driving kind of division. He probably so, shouldn't have put up Tesla stock as surety for, that, for uh, purchasing Twitter. Mm. Maybe if uh, Elon Musk actually came through on some of his promises about self, uh, driving in the Hyperloop, um, people would be able to get into work faster and they'd be more willing to work in the office instead of staying at home. I don't know why these what people is... didn't just work in their Teslas. Don't they have like Wi-Fi and stuff? Or do you not get a Tesla as a company perk while working for Tesla? Um, I, I'd be surprised if you even get a discount on the <laughs> Tesla working there. Hearing all the stuff we've been hearing. Man, what an idiot. That man really is an idiot. My Lord. So yeah, uh, let's see what happens at Tesla. But things don't look good at that company at the moment. Um, and I put the blame squarely on Musk's uh, bravado to purchase Twitter. Because since he's done that, Tesla has been reeling. The stock price plummeted. Uh, now there's layoffs. Now there's not enough desks. The Wi-Fi is terrible. There's no parking. What is this? Is this a startup? I thought that so this was a massive vehicle manufacturing company. The Wi-Fi is bad, so you can't uh, go on Twitter and leak government secrets no oh. sorry not government tesla secrets you also can't criticize musk on company uh internet that's why that's why i see it's, it's not a mistake it's not gross mismanagement or idiocy it's all a, a very clever plot so that people can't disparage the company on the wi-fi see it's it all come to it all comes together right so let's move on clinton <laughs> you've got some news about Elden ring fake news i yes, should say just, just, yes brendan was very accurate. angry about this so Elden Ring has sold so much. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, once a week, uh, Steam Database, which is an unofficial tracker of Valve's website, will put out a top 10 list of the best-selling games on the platform. And that list is organized by revenue generated, right? Mm -hmm. And usually we see that a game or a big game or medium-sized games, um, they'll come out and they'll be on the list usually the week they release. And then like one or two weeks after that, because, you know, as, as much as we say, you know, don't buy games when they're new, wait for reviews and everything. 
that window when a game just launches is usually when it sells most of its copies. Yeah. And for Alden Ring, that hasn't been true at all. It has been selling so many for so long. I mean, the game came out in February, mm -hmm. and up until this past week, it has been on this top selling list every single week. It is, it has been absolutely insane. I wouldn't be surprised if we hear that eventually it is the top selling game of the year. So what has supplanted it on the list? It is the Steam Deck. It is in first place, and the reason for that is Valve has sent out the Q2 um, emails for people with reservations to buy them, and they've been buying them. Um, this is actually the fourth week in a month, uh, sorry, the fourth week in a row that the Steam Deck has been the top seller. So it has been firmly at the top of the list, and... I think the story is less about the Steam Deck uh, because we know it's a it's a product that a lot of people want to buy and the the supply isn't necessarily there yet. And it's just really interesting that uh, Elden Ring has fallen off. I'm just going to go through the list real quick. Second place is Final Fantasy XII Remake Integrade. Third is Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Um, then Raft. Then Monster Hunter Rise. Then God of War. Then Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. Then eighth is Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Uh, nine is Rust, and tenth is Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Now, just uh, to worth mentioning here, Tiny Tina's Wonderland has um, appeared on the list twice because of the way that the um, Steam database is set up where a game with multiple versions like a, uh, a deluxe edition or the DLC or whatever is all listed as separate entities, which is why one game can appear more than once. And that game is also on the list. Again, going back to the... Um, stuff I said at the beginning about that first week being very important. Uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderland um, just launched on Steam after being exclusive to the Epic Game Store. So that's the list. It's very interesting. And the reason why some older games like Sekiro and Raft are on there is because of the Steam Summer Sale 2022, which is going on until the 7th of July. So yeah, that's the list for the past week. It will be very interesting to see next week um if Alden Ring has managed to come back and it will also be interesting to see the week after that um because that will be when the steam sale is over last thing i want to mention Alden Ring one of the very few games on steam that isn't part of the sale so <laughs> yeah i have to imagine that that's also a reason why it isn't on the list i think yeah. a lot of people are waiting to buy it and hoping for a sale and then when no sale came they're like oh well i guess i'll go kick rocks yeah, um, I, I believe that From is just waiting to give some other games a chance, and then they'll drop the Elden Ring this, DLC. This and, sporting chant, it's good yeah, sport. And then uh, Elden Ring will continue to be bestseller for the rest of the year. Um, yeah, probably. And just, just, just to put it out there, the game is absolutely worth full price. Just saying. Just, just saying. Featuring an exterior made entirely of recycled plastics, the Dell EcoLoop Pro backpack is made with the environment in mind. Certified by OceanCycle, the EcoLoop Pro Backpack's exterior is made up of around 11 plastic bottles. The dyeing process is kinder to the environment as well as producing 90% less wastewater and emitting 62% less CO2 during the manufacturing process. So find out more about the Dell EcoLoop Pro Backpack, head to drivecontrol.co.za. Right, let's move on to this week's AfriCast. With load shedding going about and power and your... your laptop and pc going off unexpectedly we thought that what we'd do is we'd take some time to look at uh some, some tech tips our name is not linus but we have some some tips that will help you uh 
get a handle on your technology, um, make things a little bit easier for yourself, and uh, just just quality of life improvements to your day-to-day goings on or going on well your your day-to-day activities online and with technology um so i'm going to kick things off with a really simple command for windows pcs uh it's sfc space slash scan now right that sounds very confusing but it's essentially if you open up a command prompt window in in Microsoft Windows, um, and you type in SFC space uh, slash scan now, all one word, um, and, and hit enter, what will happen is your PC will, or a scan will start, um, and will scan all protected system files and replace corrupted files with a cached copy that is stored uh, on your PC. So the reason that this is so useful is that sometimes you'll switch your computer off, and you'll switch it on the next morning, and something is wrong. Something weird is happening or your computer's just not booting up. So generally what I do is when that happens is I will reboot the computer. With Windows 11, this is a bit complicated. You need to hold shift and when you click power down and then you need to boot into safe mode. You need to select the option that says boot into safe mode. You need to go advanced options and then boot into safe mode. When you get into safe mode, you open up a command prompt window and you use the um, uh, system checker tool and it will scan. And usually if there's a problem, it will detect that problem and replace the file. Um, there are three results, there are a couple of results that you can get. Uh, the first is that it didn't find any inter- integrity violations. This is an odd one to get, especially if you're having issues. If you have issues with your computer and you run F- SFC scan now and you that f- doesn't find any in- integrity violations, uh, there's probably a larger problem that you need to address. But that one I find is a very, very rare occurrence because if there is instability, it's usually as a result of protected system files or corrupted corrupted system files that aren't working anymore. Um, uh, the other thing is that it cannot perform the, re- the requested option. When that happens, there's usually a much bigger problem and you should contact somebody who can help you. Um, the next thing is that it will tell you that it's found the corrupted files and successfully repaired them, uh, or it has found corrupted files but is unable to fix some of them. What I've also found in this situation is that if you then run Windows Update, so if you scan for an update, it will generally pick up the files that you uh, that are that's having issues with, and it will download them, and you'll just need to reboot, and everything will be will be really will be will be fine. Um, the reason I want to highlight this is that this this little line of well, this little command has saved my bacon so many times, so many times. I switched on my computer in the morning and something just isn't working or my mouse isn't picked up and SFC scan now has saved me so much because generally what I would have done in the past is just reinstall windows clean from the beginning. Um, You can do that. You can create a a, a windows image that you can use to repair. Um, But this is a kind of last ditch. I have no other options. I need this fixed now sort of command. And usually it does help. There are times where it doesn't, but Nine times out of ten, I found that SFC slash scan now works. Um, have you ever used this, Clinton? I, I'm not sure if I... It's actually the first time I'm hearing of it. Um, oh. I'm wondering why Windows does do this automatically. Maybe it does. I, I have no idea. Like I said, this is the first time I've heard of it. Yeah, so sometimes it's it's like a really obscure or small like DLL that's missing. Um, hmm. So, yeah, I, it's a good point why it doesn't do this automatically, but... Yeah, it's a really, really helpful little tool. Um, just keep it in the back of your mind. 
next time your computer gives you issues and you're staring at a, a black screen of command prompts or green, I don't know what your preferences are, um, try SFC scan now and, and it should work. Um, we'll have a link to this. I'll have a link to, well, we'll put a link to the Microsoft support page for this uh, just so that you, you can go through the process on your own. Clinton, uh, yes. what, what, what's your tip for folks in South Africa? So mine is also for load shedding. So uh, a while back, back in April 2018, I'm looking at the data, it feels like a lifetime ago, um, I reviewed two products from Astrum. Um, I, I don't want to talk really about Astrum-specific products, but I do want to talk about this whole range of products, which don't really have a unifying name. I call them battery lamps, but if you search them up, um, that's not really the term that all these manufacturers use. Basically, it's any light fixture that can be powered from a battery. Now, I'm sure you already say, oh, okay, that's fantastic for load shedding, but it's really hard to overstate how much these things help uh, when the lights go out. And yeah, everybody's got like a flashlight on their phone, or maybe you have those um, those light bulbs that uh, have batteries in them and you have some lights from that. But to have a concentrated spotlight that you can take anywhere you want and that is relatively cheap again i can't i'm not um, pointing out these astrum ones specifically because um i'm pretty sure they're not for sale anymore it, it just helps so much if you want to read a book if you want to even use your phone just having that extra little light you want to go outside to turn on the generator if you want to look at your ups if you want to do anything while there's load shedding i highly recommend these and what's great about them is that i actually use them a lot even you know, when there's not load shedding. Um, if you do like work on a car and you need to look into the engine bay, these things can help. If you need to, um, oh, if you want to, the thing I always use it for is that I have a, a, a big cupboard, which I just keep a lot of sundry stuff that I usually go into. It's in a corner that's far away from lights. And because I don't have the best eyesight, it really helps to just have that extra little bit of light. Um, it's one of these products that is, it's a bit hard to sell to somebody because it's it's a product that you don't know you need it until you have it. So it's really hard to get people to get excited about something. Um, but I just want to say that I'm really excited about these and they help me out so much. Now, again, going Sorry, back to the I ones... Just, I just want to butt in here, Clinton. Sure, sure, sure. Um, when you say battery, you mean like double A batteries, right? Like no, not a rechargeable. Oh, okay. They are rechargeable, yeah. I, okay. I, I, I don't like recommending anything that's... Um, that needs regular old batteries. I think the you can leave those with the dinosaurs. Those things suck. Um, these, uh, so the ones I have are rechargeable. I'm sure they exist ones that do take batteries. Uh, for example, th that closet I was speaking about, I wanted to get one of those, um, I don't know what you call them. They're like emergency lights where they do take batteries and you like connect them with double-sided tape and everything. But I, I don't want to get one that uses um, normal batteries. I want rechargeable. <laughs> And in my review of these ones that Astra made, they don't have the biggest batteries. Um, they only last like, I'd say, two to three hours, depending on their brightness. Um, I really like, uh, for example, like a premium one of these that you can use also as a battery bank. I think that would be pretty cool. And you can just, you know, connect the battery bank to this. But I think that would make a really cool product, uh, a high capacity battery lamp, which you can also charge your phone off of. I think that would be really cool. So... Yeah, to, to your point, Brendan, these are rechargeable, and I think that's really good. Um, now, where can you get these? Because like I said, Astrum, I don't even know if they're in the country anymore, but these ones that I reviewed and I'll link to are not available anymore, as far as I can tell. 
The great thing about these is that you can pretty much find them as no-name products just about anywhere. Um, flea markets, little uh, corner um, shops that deal with tech. You can get them pretty much anywhere. Um, if you want to look them up, just search battery lamp or battery lantern or something like that or battery light. Uh, I'm sure you'll find it. You guys are smart. <laughs> and I, I, I really recommend just keeping an eye for, out for these Get one that's like 200 Rand on sale or something like that and just keep it. And then when there's load shedding, bust it out and you'll be surprised at how useful they are and also how versatile they are. Um, again, you can use them for other things that aren't just load shedding. So like I said, I'll, I'll put a link to the ones that I reviewed. And like I said, this is 2018. I still have them. I still use them every time there's load shedding. Uh, one of them has a battery that doesn't really last that long anymore, but both of them are still really solid. And for the price that they were in 2018, if I had paid that, I would be happy with my purchase. So I do want to just step in here and say that uh, I have a, um, a battery-powered lantern that uses old-school AA batteries. Um, and I will say that it was the best purchase I ever made because... I don't know about you guys, but I always forget to recharge things, right? Like, except for my phone and my headphones, I always forget to recharge things. So when load shedding hits, I'm like, oh, let me charge up my Bluetooth speaker. Oh, wait, it's going to take three hours. Oh, let me charge up my LED lamp. Oh, wait, it's going to take two hours. So I actually kind of like having the ability to just slot two batteries into a lamp and be able to walk around with it. But I mean... That's everybody to their own, right? Yeah, and also, I mean, um, people can buy whatever they need. Exactly. Uh, you can get one that works off the normal lights. I can get one that is the rechargeable. There's lots of these on the market, like I said, under various different brands, and people can just get one that suits their needs and their wallets. Yeah, cool. Robin, you got uh, a tip about a UPS. Yeah, so um, I guess speaking anecdotally, uh, I recently moved into a new apartment and the complex that I'm in recently uh, upgraded and installed some generators. So they are powering many of the units inside the complex when Lurgen hits. So uh, I don't any longer need, I guess, um, options as far as UPSs are concerned. But before that, I was heavily reliant on them. Um, I was using, I guess, a combination. Um, the first was, I guess, your more kind of generic uh, UPS that people are familiar with. It was a one from Mesa, uh, 1200 VA, uh, large large battery and inverter. Um, it was able to essentially power three appliances, uh, ranging size from a fridge to a router. And I guess the router is potentially the most important one for me because if I'm not connected to the internet, I can't work. Um, so, so that was kind of uh, one of the options that I was using. But uh, I think in recent years, UPSs have gotten more compact and I guess more power efficient as far, as far as what they're able to deliver and a bit more affordable. So if you head on to take a lot, all you have to do is type in UPS router and you can find options that range between 1,000 and 1,500 Rand. Um, they usually offer up between two to three hours of power. And I know obviously right now we are dealing with stage six load shedding, which yeah. increases things to four hours. But if you are able to have at least two to three hours of connectivity, you can get some work done. Um, so those are really the, the things that I've been investing in uh, prior to kind of my current situation. So there are options out there if you are struggling with connectivity. Um, 
I think that's probably one of the more important uh, things to worry about now. But, um, and I think it's it's probably better to go for one of these smaller form factor UPSs that are yeah. very much device specific, purely for the fact that one, um, those larger UPSs are hellishly expensive. So yeah. I was very fortunate in the one that I received was from Mustic via ABSA. Uh, <laughs> For a home loan. I, I know I'm getting into my personal life. Here. Hang on a minute here. Hang on. They gave you a UPS for taking they out a get, home loan? Well, I mean, the size of the home loan, I get, better get something from them. Okay, um, fair enough. Fair enough. So they're able to assist me with that, and I've been able to use it, and it's come in handy quite a lot. Uh, it is a little noisy, but you kind of that kind of comes with the territory, and you gladly trade that for as long as you have connectivity. Mm. Uh, after that, I kind of upgraded to these kind of smaller form factor ones. Uh, I see that Gwiz uh, is selling a lot of them uh, at the moment. They have the kind of larger ones and the smaller ones. If you are looking to support, I guess local. Um, so. That would be kind of my first port of call to when it comes to kind of tech tips. Invest in a nice uh, UPS router for yourself. Alternatively, what you can do, and this is what I've done uh, in my own capacity, is to just simply purchase a data-only SIM. Um, I am currently using one from Vodacom. Yeah. Which uh, is 220 rand a month, um, and it gives you 30 gigabytes of daytime and 30 gigabytes of uh, nighttime data. So that really helps me when I'm in a pinch when, for example, uh, I haven't plugged in my UPS to charge or something like that happens. Um, And I can just, I know that I have a decent uh, phone battery, so I can just hotspot and switch to my my data-only SIM. And I can still continue working because I think that's probably the most important thing now with people having to work remotely or having a hybrid situation. When that load shedding hits unexpectedly, you're kind of scrambling to see, what, okay, what do I do in order mm. to ensure that I'm connected? And I think those are probably two options that I found particularly useful in my own kind of day to day. Yeah, I agree. Like I used, I used to have a uh, UPS that I ran my PC on, but... Um, it would literally run my PC for five minutes and then shut down, uh, which wasn't enough time to even shut down my PC, funnily enough. Um, and I actually moved that UPS to power our router. Um, and it was it was way too overpowered for that purpose. But uh, it was nice in the sense that we had connectivity while the power was out. So, yeah, that's that's I actually really like that tip. Those um, little UPSs are great. Yeah, Clinton. Something I want to add about these... Um... I think I mentioned it on the last time we had a lot of load shedding is that some people may think that they need a generator and generators are so expensive that they kind of think, oh, I really need this. It's too expensive. I can't afford it. So, you know, I'll just do without. But in reality, I think a lot of people just need a small UPS mm. just for the router, like Robin said, or a small um, one that can do like the router and then maybe a plug for your laptop to charge or your phone. So, uh, yeah, I like them because of that. I still don't have one just because I, I haven't had a chance to look. And the other thing I wanted to mention about them is that I, I don't know if this is a feature that all of them have or it's something that they really advertise, but they're also good as a barrier against your electronics being destroyed. Mm, absolutely. Um, this is more for, uh, like Brandon was saying, connecting to your PC. So some UPSs, again, I don't know which ones, um, they are designed to be on permanently. Basically, they act as a go-between. So you plug the UPS into your power and then you plug whatever you want to power into the UPS and it acts as a bridge so that if there's ever a power loss, um, your devices don't get shut down immediately, which can damage them. 
Um, and then also, if there happens to be a surge, uh, it's likely that if it's damaging enough to destroy electronics, it will kill your UPS and not your PC. And for people who have invested in uh, expensive desktops for gaming or for work or for both, it's really something you should look into. Um, I'd recommend doubling up and getting a surge protector and a UPS if you can afford it. Uh, so yeah, it's not just it's not just for one thing, as you may think. There's a lot of benefits to using these things. Yeah, it's really really useful. Cool. Um, my next tip is uh, if you have an Android phone and a Windows PC, uh, you absolutely need to spend just under a hundred bucks on an app called Unified Remotes. But Brendan, why are you telling me to buy an app? Listen to me, right? If you are like me and you use your computer for most things, listening to music or whatever it may be, um, sometimes you don't want to have to get out of bed or get up from the couch or do whatever you do to get up to change stuff. Um, and Unified Remote is a really, really cool little application that connects to your computer over your Wi-Fi network. So it's not Bluetooth, so you don't need a special dongle or anything. Uh, you just need a Wi-Fi network. If your computer is wired over LAN and your phone is wireless, uh, it still works. Um, but basically, this application lets you remote control your your computer. Um and this works for a whole range of applications. Um, so just looking at the media, you can control Disney+, Plus, you can control Netflix, uh, Amazon Prime, uh, VLC, YouTube, Spotify, you name it. And you can, you can basically use the app for this. But it's so much more than that. Uh, and the reason I'm saying to buy the app is because the, there is a free version but it is incredibly limited in what you can do. Um, the full version, however, gives you much more freedom. So you can start, you can use your phone as your mouse inputs. So if, for instance, the shortcut keys for your media aren't working, um, you can then switch to a mouse uh, or a, your your phone screen becomes the mouse and then you can navigate across your computer that way. Um, you can use it for presentations. You can use it just to browse around your computer um, and it's it's just such a really simple lightweight app that works um, I use it almost every single day um, I use it for Google Chrome I use it for Netflix I use it for Spotify um, and yeah it, it's just so so useful it's something that you it's like Clinton said with the lights it's something you don't know you need until you've actually used it um, like sometimes, for instance, uh, it'll be late at night and I'll fall asleep and music will be playing. And I don't want to get up out of bed and shut my computer down. So all I do is I open up Unified Remote and I can shut down my computer right there. Um, you can also wake on LAN if you want to, but uh, it's, it's a bit hit or miss in my experience. Um, but yeah, this is such a, such a useful app. I really think that if you have an Android phone and a Windows PC... Uh, this is something that you should be using. If you are, especially if you're in a business context and you do a lot of presentations with clients, um, the presentation functionality in this is really, really cool. Uh, and the best part is it doesn't destroy your battery life. It's incredibly, incredibly lightweight. Um, and because if you buy the app, uh, it removes the ads, there's, there's next to no data use. Um, because everything's happening on the local network. So, yeah, I highly recommend. It's in the Google Play Store. It's called Unified Remote. Very, very simple. There is a free version. My advice is test out the free version. See if it's something that you would find useful. And if you find yourself like I did, uh, this becoming an invaluable part of your toolkit, um, spend the almost 100 bucks and pay for the app. 
I'll, uh, that sounds really good. I should probably give that a... Um, is their version available for iOS slash Mac, or is it just... Um, that's just... I'm not 100% sure if I'm completely honest with you. Um, sure, sure, sure. Let, we're doing this live. Live on Twitch. We're doing it live. Yeah. Um, oh, it does. Supports Windows and Mac. It does okay, indeed. Cool. Um, oh, and iPhone. So you can install it on your iPhone as well. So if you have a smartphone and a laptop or a computer, <laughs> install this app. It's really, really good. Yeah, that sounds cool. I'll, I'll try that out. Yeah. I've, um, I know the whole smart house craze has, um, has been like, oh, control everything from your phone, but... I don't really have any smart house stuff yeah. except my devices. So yeah, that's it's, um, it's just it's just so so useful. You can also browse your uh, files on your computer, which is also very helpful, although a bit slow. I mean, I find if I just email myself or plug my phone into my computer, it's much faster. But if you're sitting in bed and you want to show somebody your favorite meme or whatever, I don't know why it wouldn't be on your phone. But um, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, Clinton, speed yes. control for Chrome. This. This was a godsend for me. Tell us some more. Yeah, Brandon, this is another thing we're talking about before the podcast. So basically, this is a Chrome app, and all it does is you install it, and then any media, um, videos, GIFs, anything that can be played, you can control the playback speed. Also audio. It's not just um, video. Um, and you may be thinking, why, why do I need that? <laughs> well, first of all, a lot of uh, streaming services don't have playback speed control. And the reason Brendan knows about this is because... Disney Plus he, doesn't. Yeah, Disney Plus, for some reason, is the newest uh, streaming service on the block, especially here in South Africa. And it doesn't have a lot of features that we've come to expect, like playback control. Uh, I know it was a big... You know, I don't know if we call it a controversy, but a lot of people were asking for playback control on Netflix, and then they added it, and a lot of Hollywood types throw their, uh, threw their toys out of the cot. That's neither here nor there. Um, now, not only Netflix, but a lot of other streaming services have it. YouTube has had it for the longest time, but not every service has it. And all you need to do to get that functionality back is use this Chrome extension. Now, something that's um, really cool about it is that it doesn't, work on a side-by-side -side basis if you don't want it to you can con control that so every time you see a video or a gif or anything you want to control the speed of you can easily do so and it's so convenient because it just appears as a small box in the um top left corner of any media that's playing and you can just get around uh very quickly it comes in uh it comes in steps but you can control the exact speed that you want and I've used this so many times on like media sites that have really weird media players that are just proprietary. Mm. But it doesn't matter what is being used to play the video because if it's in Chrome and that's the browser you're using, you can control it. And I can't tell you how nice it is where you get like locked into a very slow pre-recorded presentation and it's taking ages for anything to happen, but you need to watch through all of it. And you can do so at one time speed, or you can do so as fast as you want. Uh, you know, getting through presentations at 1.5 speed or 2.5 speed is, it's so nice. You, you really don't want to go without it. The only part I want to mention that's, I don't know if it's just me being a bit OCD, but that little indicator that shows you that it's active will appear all the time. And I've turned it off on places like Twitter where Every time there's a video, it appears there, and it just bothers me that that little indicator is there. 
But again, it's fully customizable. So I just turned it off for Twitter, but it still works on every other website. So like I said, it's completely free. You can check it out. I'll put a link to it. Um, I'm not entirely sure what their privacy statement is. Um, you know, it could be tracking everything you do. As always, if something's free, that usually means you're the product. But it's so lightweight. I haven't had any issues with it. I've been using it for many years before Disney Plus and all that. So for me, it gets a recommendation. And I think I converted Brandon as well. Yeah, that's... Uh, so I was watching... I was trying to rewatch the Avengers trilogy, I guess we can call it. Mm. Um, and some of the dialogue was just really getting to me. And I was like, oh, I can actually, I'm sure I can just increase the speed. And mm. I was like, oh, no, because uh, the House of Mouse wants you to watch things the way that it was, quote unquote, intended. Um, but yeah, and I used that and I haven't looked back since. It's, it's such a useful little plugin. Yeah, man, I tried to watch Dragon Ball Z for the first time since I was a kid. My God, those shows are so <laughs> slow. I know it's always a, a joke, like, oh, next time on Dragon Ball Z. But it's just like they talk so slowly and then they like they talk and they do a quip and then the quip lasts for like uh, 30 seconds. And you're like, is there something wrong? Why are they taking so long to reply? So, yeah, it's uh, I really can't go back to not using this thing. It's so handy. I uh, I always have it. I'm very happy I found it, and I really recommend everyone checks it out. Cool. Robin, what have you got for us? So this isn't necessarily a tech tip. I guess it's more a load-shedding tip. Yeah. But gas. Um, like when I eat too many yeah. beans, gas. Uh, I, that's your business. Um, <laughs> so... I don't know how you guys are choosing to keep warm uh, during these months, but uh, I always lean towards a gas heater, um, purely for the fact that you kind of, I guess your oil fin heater mm. is such a drain in terms of power, uh, not to mention the fact that we're dealing with load shedding, so it doesn't really help either. Yeah. Uh, but speaking anecdotally, when I would cook during load shedding, it obviously I would turn to gas. Um, I think it's a really smart way to go about things i know that things like uber eats and mr d are really convenient but i can guarantee after a week of load shedding and you kind of dipping into your pocket to go for mm. takeaway instead of cooking your own meals it will definitely add up so investing in some kind of i guess scothobri or you can even get i guess a single plate gas burner yeah um is a really smart move in, in in my view um refilling a nine kg gas bottle bottle will only cost you around 300 to 350 rand if anyone's charging you more than 350 rand they are swindling you do not pay that money find somewhere else to go do it um so that, that's kind of my i guess my load shedding tip is invest in some kind of gas appliance you can cook on um, it will benefit you in the long run, not just in terms of your wallet, but just maybe in terms of your waistline as well, if you're kind of watching that <laughs> as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think, and also just one thing, respect the gas. Oh, gas yeah. is not something to be fooled around with and uh -huh. played around with. Um, so yeah, that's kind of just my one other load shedding tip is uh, look to gas uh, when the power is out. Yeah, so I have a gas stove, and I will tell you that uh, the next place I move to will have a gas stove, or I will get a gas burner for myself, because, man, just being able to cook and boil a kettle are, are absolutely amazing. Get yourself a it's, whistling kettle as well. Man, it's funny, because uh, I don't have that. I just have a regular electric kettle, oh. and 
I've usually what I've been doing now is I make once I have electro electricity once during the yeah. day, <laughs> I uh, I make three cups of coffee and then I have like one normal coffee and the other ones I just like it's like fake out uh, cold cold brew basically. I, yeah, cold just, brew. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've had to do. Um, I would love to try use get well try. I have a, actually have a gas heater someone in the cupboard. Um, that stuff really gives me a headache. So mm. uh, again, for again, there's there's a product for everybody in the market. I literally cannot use that stuff, but I feel like you. It's one of those things that really heats up a room and heats it up well. Yeah. I've got like a freestanding aircon slash heater thing that uses a lot of electricity and it's very loud and it's it's really not efficient. But I I literally cannot use gas. It um it makes me feel awful. It gives me a headache. Um, and no, I don't have a gas leak. I've I've checked a hundred <laughs> times. It's any it's any gas product. I have some kind of not, you know, I'm not allergic to it. It's just a, it it upsets my sensibilities. I don't know how else to say it. Um, so yeah, it's but I even I can agree with that. You go into a house that's like being heated heated by gas. You're like, oh, it's so nice and cozy. And then also you can use them uh, during load shedding. Even though I have a generator, I can't use my heater. Um, because it will overload the generator. So, yeah, I'm I'm on board with Robin. Uh, it's just unfortunate that I, I can't use that stuff myself. Yeah. Cool. Uh, next thing I want to talk about. Are you a part of a lot of WhatsApp groups where a lot of memes and videos are being shared or just a lot of images and you're tired of having warnings that your, uh, your storage is filling up? Well, good news. There's a way to easily manage your WhatsApp uh, storage. Um, all you need to do is open up your WhatsApp uh, on your app on your phone. Uh, tap the hamburger icon. That's the three vertical dots. Hit to settings and then storage and data, and then click or tap manage storage. What you'll see then is you'll see a a, a list of all the chats that you have or all the conversations you have, as well as a number there of how much data is within that chat. So. For instance, within my Destiny clan, there's currently 257.9 megabytes of data, um, which is a lot, uh, and it's not something that I necessarily want in, on my phone. So what I can do is I can tap that uh, that chat, and then I can arrange or I can sort the files by the largest, the newest, or the oldest, and I can then remove those files if I don't want them. Um, it is possibly something that a lot of people don't know about, but it is so useful. Um, for instance, I've my friends and I often uh, send like video clips of what we're doing throughout the day because it's just easier than calling or typing or whatever. Um, and uh, this little this little feature of WhatsApp uh, really just lets you get rid of those files that are eating into your storage space, um, especially with like the fact that my phone records 4K video is really great unless I'm recording a 10-second video of my dog to send to my friend. Um, he doesn't need to see it in 4K because the dog's just being weird, you know? Uh, but this is such a, such a useful way to just manage your storage on your phone a little bit more effectively, um, especially if you have a phone that makes navigating the menu just a little bit tricky. Um, I know that a lot of uh, Chinese brands their user interface isn't always the most intuitive. Um, and yeah, this just makes managing your storage so, so easy. And I just don't know if a lot of people know about it. Um, but yeah, I, I highly recommend you you check that out in WhatsApp, especially if you're having 
or if your conversations tend to include lots of images and videos and that sort of thing. Once again, this is not something that's new. It's just something that uh, somebody recently asked me how they can just sort out their life within WhatsApp because they have so many videos and um, images and they just they don't know how to get rid of it all. Um, and this is just a nice way to get rid of the bigger stuff and hold on to the stuff that you really do want to keep. I want to add some stuff quick here. I've... Uh... I don't want to get into now. I had such a big problem with WhatsApp, and I still have a big problem with WhatsApp um, around chat history. And again, I won't get into that now. I'm actually trying to get a hold of uh, Facebook to discuss it with them because they own WhatsApp. But just want to add some things um, for the meta. video. Yeah, whatever. Uh, for the uh, video size stuff, you can actually choose the quality that you upload and download videos. So if you like Brendan and you have you know a great camera, but you don't want to send 4K clips. Um, you can actually decrease the video quality of your upload, so you don't um, you don't flood people's uh, stuff with that. The other thing I do is that for groups where it's just like sharing memes and stuff, every so often I just delete the chat with the media, and wow. um, it will get rid of it. Now I know for a lot of people they don't want to do that because you know that's like memories and stuff, and I completely understand. Like I have a, a WhatsApp group with like family pictures, and I don't want to delete those, but. I mean, I'm sure we're all part of that one group where it's just like people post too much and you don't really care about every post mm. and stuff like that. For those groups, just go tap on the, the group um, options and say clear chat and then make sure that the clear chat media option is um, pressed in and it will just delete the, the chat up until that point and it will also delete the media. Now, if you want to keep the the actual chat text but delete just the media... Um, you can actually, you'll have to go into your phone's file management yeah. and delete it like that. But if you don't really care about the text or the media, you can just delete them all in one file swoop. And that's a really quick way to clear up um, Story space. space on your phone. Yeah. Um, I just, I, yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize how much media they have uh, yeah. via WhatsApp. Um, especially since like, I think a lot of us started using WhatsApp when it was like, oh, it's like one kilobyte for a photo because they were compressing everything to hell. And now we're in a space in a time where it's like, oh, AK video is a thing, and uh, WhatsApp is compressing it. But I mean, you can only compress AK so much. Yeah, and uh, the last thing I want to mention just about WhatsApp chats is that um, you can back up your chats. You know, I was just talking about uh, you know some people really cherish their chats, and for good reason. Um, make sure you have them backed up, please. I don't know why. I think for like if you do a completely fresh install of WhatsApp, it's not even turned on by default. Mm. Um, but you can do manual backups both to your phone's memory and to a Google um, Google Drive for Android and I think it's iCloud for Apple. Yeah. Um, please do that. Uh, once you've lost your chats and it's not backed up, you're just screwed. Please don't. Um, there are a lot of scams out there saying that they can get your chats back using like malicious apps and if you send them money and stuff like that. If you lose your chats, they are gone. Uh, WhatsApp or Meta will not help you, and all the other stuff is just um, scam. So please make backups. But it, it really, even if you have a massive WhatsApp chat history with hundreds of images and everything, it, it happens pretty fast. You just leave your phone, like put it on charge for like half an hour, and it'll be done. Please make sure you 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 follow those other things and make sure you have backups. Also, leave all WhatsApp groups; they're all terrible. Um... Clinton, uh, you've just been speaking a lot, but uh, yeah. you want to tell us about why you recommend using the Steam wishlist? Yeah, so 
I think it's been, geez, feel my bones turning to dust. It's been like four or five years now that there's been no more spot deals on Steam. So for people, you know, the younger people, or for people who've just forgotten, the main draw of Steam sales was these limited time sales that offered an even higher discount than normal. So save game, whatever it was, 50% off just on the normal sale, you could look out and hopefully it would be in a a spot sale or they had different names where it was like 70% off or 80% off or 90% off. And it kind of became a game where you would sit on Steam, they would refresh every few hours and you would see, oh, what's this game? What's the highest discount? And then it would only be available for a certain amount of time. And that's that's what really made Steam Steam. That's what put it on the map, right? And a few years ago, they just got rid of them. And we thought it was going to be just for one sale and it never came back. And now it's been all these years. So you kind of have to go about your Steam sales differently. And a lot of people do this in every different way. But the most common way, the actual, the fastest way is to use your Steam wishlist. So while there is no sale on, whatever game you're interested in, add it to your wishlist. This does two things for you um, for getting games cheaper. Firstly, if it goes on um, regular sale, you'll usually get an email. Now, you can actually set this up in Steam settings. You can get an email. You can get a Steam app notification. Or you can get a notification in the Steam client saying, hey, this game in your wishlist is on sale. But when there's a big site-wide sale, if you go to your wishlist, I'm looking at mine right now, you can go sort by discount, and this will put your your um, wish list into the highest percentage first um, in terms of discount. So I have games here 90% off, 90%, 90%, right, at the top. And then if you scroll, it becomes lesser, 60, 60, 50, 50, 34, 15, and then it gets back into games which aren't on sale at all. And I, I think this is just something people really miss. They may make use of their wish list, um, but they don't really do it in a in an active way, right? It's more of a a passive activity where you just check this every so often. And I, what I want people to do is, when there's a sale, please use your wish list to check out games that are discounted. And because there's no more spot sales, I really think this is the best way to get sales. Um, Brendan, I think it's just you and me who are PC guys on this mm-hmm. podcast. Do you use your wish list in this way, or what do you usually do if there's a sale? Do you just manually check everything? Uh, so I recently cleared out my Steam wish list because it was full of old games that I had either purchased or was no longer interested in. Um, and this Steam sale has kind of gone by, and I haven't really wanted to get anything. Um, once again, Elden Ring has Elden Ring has ruined games for me. Um, but generally what I use it for is I use it to keep an eye on when a game is going to go or when a game is on sale. Um, and it's helped me so much in the past. Uh, Jurassic, uh, I think it's called Jurassic World, I believe. The, yeah, Jurassic World Evolution. Um, I got that on sale uh, because of a, an alert through my my wish list. Um, the best thing that the wish list has ever ever done for me was alerted me to the fact that horizon zero dawn was disgustingly on sale um and i got it for just the the most ridiculous price i can't even remember i think it was like 70 bucks i paid for that game um but yeah uh that that's that's what i use it for is to just keep track of sales uh and games that i want 
Yeah, it's uh, it, I still can't believe they got rid of the spot sales, but we have to make use of what we have. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Robin, do you have something else that you want to share with us? Uh, no, I have okay. imparted all the wisdom. <laughs> all the wisdom that I you can. have. Okay, all right. Yes. And I, I think that's all the wisdom we all have. Um, we're going to try to do these a little bit more frequently um, when we find things that we think are useful to more people. Um, and if you do have a tech tip that you think people should know about, um, drop us a line on Facebook or over on Twitter. Uh, we'd love to hear what your what what sort of cool things you've discovered that help you and make your life and journey with technology just that little bit easier. Um, yeah. Uh, that's going to do it from us this week. Once again, thank you to Dell for sponsoring this AfriCast. We really, really appreciate it. Um, and from myself, Brendan Lodge, cheerio from Cleanser Matos. Everybody. And from Robin Lichetti. Take care, everyone. We'll see you next week. The Dell EcoLoop Pro Backpack is designed to keep your gear safe. Sporting a Nylex lining which doesn't scratch, your electronics are shielded from bumps and spills. When the weather turns, 840D ballistic body fabric ensures your gear stays dry and protected from harsh sunlight. With extra padding for protection and comfort, slip your notebook into the Dell EcoLoop Pro Backpack. Find out more at drivecontrol.co.za.